Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on the show, I'm pleased to introduce you to my friend. Her name is Brandy Faith Weld. I met Brandy a couple years ago at a seminar, and she shared with me a very personal experience she had that really taught her that life after death is real. And I'm really excited that she's here, and she's going to share it with you today. So here's a little bit about my friend Brandy. She's the author of the international number one best-selling book called Heal Your Heart, Free Your Mind, which includes nine steps to break free from struggle in your relationships and all areas of your life. Brandy has been involved with spiritual and personal development work for over 26 years. She leads individuals and organizations in peak performance development around the world. And although Brandy's studied in lots of areas like psychology, neuroscience, and quantum physics, Her real transformation came after her mom died and when she had a near-death experience. Brandy Faith Weld is a woman on a mission to stop the human suffering that gets passed down from generation to generation and to help liberate all of us from the blocks and patterns that have hindered us in the past. You can find out more about Brandy right on our website, which is we don't die radio.com. She is episode number 80, and she's just a beautiful woman. Or you can go to www.jumptoabetterlife.com or find out more about her book at www.brandysbook.com. So Brandy Faith Weld, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. Hey, nice to hear your voice. And I tripped over my words because I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, you're, you are a beautiful woman, a beautiful friend, and I'm super grateful that today we can talk. And speaking of talking, I do have a little bit of a cold, so I apologize if I may sniffle a little bit, but just know that that's all that is. But I feel fine. <laughs> awesome. You know, uh, it's a sign that we're in the this winter season. <laughs> I know, and it's very cold where I live. I live in Massachusetts, and it's hitting about 15 degrees outside right now. Oh, burr. Yeah. And where are you talking to us from? I, you know, I, I am actually um, talking to you right now in Oregon, uh, around Bend, Oregon. So it's very beautiful here, and we have a little bit of snow ourselves here yeah, right now. Yeah, pretty area. Well, yeah. thanks for being here. So if you wouldn't mind, I know I gave a, a little bit of an introduction about you, maybe just a little bit about you kind of in the past, where you came from, and maybe what kind of jobs you started out with, and then like what happened to turn you into this big crusader to make a difference in people's lives, you know? Um. Yeah, well, you know, I was, like I mentioned, you know, I, I was uh, working in corporate America. Um. And uh, the last rig- big corporate thing I was doing was um, managing worldwide Salesforce development for Cisco Systems. And, wow. um, you know, though I was um, continuing to do my own, my own development and all of my, you know, personal development first started when I was really young because, um, you know, I had a lot of childhood pain and uh, I was trying to 
figure it all out. So I'd read my mother's books and my mother had a lot of those kind of uh, psychology Mm -hmm. and kind of new agey books. And so I would read those, Uh, a lot of Wayne Dyer and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, in my journey, I I came across the Tony Robbins Unleash the Giant Within. Right. And that really changed things for me because because, you know, um, I used to think that I lived in this uh, video game. You know, remember the Asteroids game where you're like ditching and dodging Asteroids yes, all the time? Sure yes, <laughs> We're showing our age, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> um, and so that's what I felt like. I lived in a video game like that where I was always ditching and dodging the Asteroids that were coming at me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until... Um, you know, that book, I started to realize that I was creating these asteroids. I was drawing these asteroids to me because I was focusing on all this stuff of feeling sorry for myself. Right. Right. And um, so all of a sudden I felt a little more like, oh, there's a solution. You know, there's um, um, I'm more empowered. I'm not just a victim in this. Right. And um so I started going to Tony Robbins at a young age and just really, you know, um, uh, I then, you know, started to try to teach some of the things I was learning um, within Cisco system. So um, a lot of power of mind and power of belief kind of stuff I started bringing into mm-hmm. the uh, Cisco's training kind of under the radar. So, right, right. You know, right, because you're limited what you can do in a corporate environment. Um, but it wasn't until I was assisting Tony with his last event for Life Mastery um, in Hawaii um, that uh, was the really life-changing, compelling event to get me to really step out in faith and do what I really wanted to do. And that was because it happened on 9-11. Okay. And um, that was such a powerful event because, um, you know, when we went to bed really late and we're six hours, you know, behind. So um, um, most of us were all asleep when it happened. And so Tony was the one kind of disclosing what happened to everybody because most everybody, you know, had their phones off and stuff. And so when he did... Um, a guy from Palestine was there and he got up and he said, I'm glad this happened because now you Americans know how it feels. Wow. <laughs> and then an Israeli guy happened to be there and he gets up and says, you, you guys are the cause of the world's problems because you guys are raised to hate. Wow. And so here we had the Middle East problem mm-hmm. in the middle of the biggest event to happen on U.S. mainland soil. Right. And it was an audience of about predominantly Americans, 4,500 people, predominantly Americans, and a huge New York crowd. And this is so, in Hawaii at the retreat? And, at the work? Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. Yes. And, yes, in Maui. And so, like, you can imagine the feelings that came up with, you know, right. during this moment um, when these two were saying this. Or especially the Palestinian guy saying, right. I'm glad this happened because now you Americans know how it feels. Right, right, right. right. Yep. So, 
um, though Tony and his brilliance, he brought them up on stage. And at the end, he got them, you know, like hugging each other and going, I love you, man. And, uh, and they created an organization called Passion and Action for Peace to bring what they just learned to their, uh, respective communities so that they can try to bring, you know, peace to their, their communities, their countries, right? right. And almost everybody in the whole world um, joined that passion and action for peace organization at that moment and at the end we are all arm in arm singing we are the world we are the children and it was so powerful that it made me realize what I really wanted to do was stop things like that from happening people operating from hate and separation and not realizing that at our core, we are the same, and together we'll get through anything, but in competition separation, we'll just destroy ourselves. And so it was at that moment I decided to, you know, leave Cisco and step out in faith and, and do my real work because I was limited to what I could do in a corporate environment. I just wanted to really help people personally with freeing them of their, their you know, their pain mm. and, and it's only like hurting people that hurt others you know right so, but seeing tony do that live on stage and cause a transformation like that i would really think you would know then that like this is possible right i mean yeah. it's possible because that's not the predicted outcome of something like that breaking out in a seminar exactly it's pretty amazing yeah it was powerful. It was divine, of course. Yeah. Divinely led. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I just want to just talk a little bit about the name of the show, obviously, is is We Don't Die. And I know when I met you in the seminar, you shared with me a pretty personal story that you had. And would you mind just, I know that was 2001 with the Tony Robbins uh, 9-11 happening, kind of what led you in the world of um, life after death and maybe you could share some about your mom and certainly I want to hear back about um, everything that you're doing now because it's all an extremely self-empowerment well, arena yeah. but yeah um so yeah in 2005 um my mom um uh died of a, a brain a brain tumor and um it's quite interesting because um you know i was very connected with my mother sure. and i um you know i i felt like i only came here to follow her in life i mean we're that oh, close kind of soulmate yeah. yeah and a year before um she died there's no signs my mom was really healthy she didn't you know, she did yoga all the time. She was, you know, read lots of spiritual and personal mm -hmm. development books. And she ate, you know, healthy and um, didn't drink and all that. So there was just no signs for my mom. We weren't, you know, logically worried about my mom. But a year before, I would call her crying, going, Mom, I can't lose you. I don't want to, I don't want to be here without you. I want to go first, you know. And she's like, What's wrong with you? Yeah, girl? of course. Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Right. And it made no logical sense. But it was like my soul knew that something was coming up. And I was, you know, definitely afraid. Sure. And and so, unfortunately, a year later, we got the phone, a phone call. I got the phone call that my dad said, um, 
you know, this is how I found your mother. She's not doing well. We have a CT, uh, we have a, um, like a CT scan for Mm -hmm. her or an MRI, I think it was, Mm -hmm. um, for her tomorrow. And if you want to come down, come down. And it was like, then I knew, I knew it was happening. And I just like, you know, hung up the phone and it was all night. I couldn't sleep. I'm just pacing back and forth. Not my mother, not my mother. God, please don't take my mother. Not my mother. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. And so, um, that day they, um, uh, told her she had a glibia stoboil multiform and it had taken over her whole left side of her brain, gone through the central part of her brain and started over to the right side of her brain. And it's, you know, the fastest growing, um, tumor, um, the most aggressive, fastest growing tumor. And once it gets in the center of the brain, it's inoperable. Right. They can't do anything with it. So they gave her three months to live. And unfortunately, that's about how long she lived to wow. the day. And, um, and then, you know, that's just something I, I like to say how um, powerful um, diagnoses are. Yes. From people in, in you know, white, co- white coats. And how that's a common story that when people get a diagnosis like that, they it, it ends up being to that day because the power of the mind is so yeah, yeah. powerful. I've read know? a lot about that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry about yeah. your mom. No matter what I believe in life after death, I also know the most painful thing ever is grief when you lose somebody you really love. So I'm sorry. It must have been horrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, it definitely um, was a... Definitely life-changing, completely life-changing event. Uh, I thought I did my work when I was doing all that other stuff, and I found I really didn't until my mother crossed over. And I was kind of at my um, existential, I was at this, uh, you know, existential suffering. I did not want to be here. No. Um, and, And when you're at that low, then, you know, um, then then uh, the divine can really do some work with you and because um, your your ego, you know, that, that part of you that thinks it's got it all in control and all figured out yep. can be out of the way and, you know, uh, things that can really help you can really help you. <laughs> can you give an example of, like, what happened? Um, yeah. Um, well, you know, because I was uh, – at this existential suffering, I just didn't, um, um, yeah, want to be here. And I was in a state of anxiety. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what would happen was that uh, the cortisol, so the, um, I would have adrenaline during the day and then cortisol would come up at night. And so you're in a constant state of not sleeping. Right. And so you're in this anxiety. And if anybody's experienced it, to me, it was hell. And I felt like if this is going to continue, I really don't want to be here. Right. This is a living hell. Mm-hmm. And I um, uh, went. So I was just looking for anything to help me. And I discovered something um, called uh, Diksha. And it was, um, something that, uh, it comes from India Mm -hmm. and it was, um, uh, something that really, um, 
it, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you've heard of Reiki. Yes, I have. Yep. Okay. So it's something similar to Reiki where um, it's, it's just like an, a healing energy and it has a kind of a, a divine intelligence of, of what needs to be healed. Um, either emotionally, spiritually, or physically. And so because I was, you know, I was in this state of um, anxiety, and part of it was because when my mother died, I went through her journals, and I found out family secrets that just kind of traumatized my life. Oh, no. It was like all the foundations in which I believed about my family, I found was, weren't, you know, totally true and so all of my foundations had been shaken and I didn't really have I didn't feel like I had a safe place and and so um but I from these secrets that I found out I had a lot of anger at people and I was having some anger um kind of blaming people for my mother's death Mm. if you will and um and so when I had this diksha, um, what I experienced was uh, I just left, I left, you know, the event where they gave me the diksha. I'm peaceful and nice, but it's like, okay, I don't know what that was. Um, you know, it's all mm-hmm. energy. It's kind of a little woo-woo, right? Right. And <laughs> I uh, went home and I went to sleep and I woke up an hour later and my whole body was vibrating and it was the vibrating specifically right in the liver area Uh Um, and it was vibrating so much there that it was almost painful and I was just really freaked out I didn't know I just did to myself Um, so uh, I called my dad and I told my dad uh, hey dad I I don't know what I just did to myself but this is the person's name and number if anything happens to me okay (laughs) I was that freaked out, right? And um, so uh, what I experienced, though, was, um, you know, the next day I was a little out of it because I hadn't slept, you know, all night with this energy. But um, the day after, it was like I had all the knowledge of all the things that had happened, um, but, like, all the charges was gone. And all of a sudden, um, the – all of a sudden, the um, – uh, anxiety was gone and I was able to sleep and so I felt really good and before um, I was really uncomfortable to be around like I couldn't cry I, I mean I couldn't talk to you about the weather without crying I know I, exactly you know what feeling? you're speaking <laughs> how, what, how do you spell that word Deepsha is that what you're saying Deepsha D-E-E-K-S-H-A okay I'm just writing that down just some De- research how about the story you had told me when I met you at the seminar about was it John Edwards and that your dad didn't believe in life after death? Yeah. What happened yeah, there? So, Cause you're not, you and so, your mom did, right? Yeah. So me and my mom, you know, what loved John Edwards when he had a show crossing over mm-hmm. and we used to watch it every day. If we couldn't watch it, we taped it. So we right. didn't miss a day. So both her and I just, uh, we, we, we made an agreement because, you know, before this I was, after I left 
Francisco, I went on this, I traveled around the world. And so she was worried about me. And so we had an agreement at that time, like whoever died first, we had meet at John Edward. So when good. she was dying, I yep. know, it's good. It's good to make a meet. If you have these belief systems, it's good to make an agreement with the people you love. Right. You know, it's like we knew. So when she died, when she was dying, I said, remember, mom, where we're meeting? She said, yep, John Edward. And so, um, after she died, I went to see where he was going to be speaking closest to me because he was no longer on TV and he was traveling around the United States. And a lot of times it's like 2,500 people an event and at best 10 people get read. Oh, yeah. They're humongous. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So um, my, but, you know, the benefit, oh, so I looked to see when she, he was going to be speaking the closest to me and it was on her actual birthday. Okay. August 14th. And so I'm like, that's the one. That's the one we have to go to. And so I, you know, told my dad and he and he decided to go just because to console me when she didn't come through because he thought when you died, you died, you went to dust. Exactly. And so, yeah. And then I had a boyfriend come too because he thought it was all BS and he was going to come just to prove that it was all BS, right? Right. <laughs> so I came there with my two skeptics and um Normally, uh, actually, with John Edwards' events, it's normally the skeptic that gets read because they need it the most. Yes. And so, but also um, because my mother watched him for so long, she knew how to get his attention before everybody else. So he was doing what he normally does. He says, you know, when I, I say above you, I mean this. And he goes, okay, in just one minute, I'm coming over here. Um with a mother energy and he goes, okay, if I say beside you, I mean this. If I say below you, I mean this. Okay. I have a mother energy right here who died of a brain tumor. And wow. so I jump up I and mean, he's pointing right at me, right? You know how he, he gets pulled to a direction. Yep. And so I jump up and, uh, and so, um, yeah, he, the, you know, he, he's like really specific. He's saying, um, who's Patricia and, we go, her sister, and he goes, so she's saying, tell her hi. And said, who's Jenny? Uh, that's, you know, Patricia's daughter. Well, she said, say, tell her hi. Wow. And, and then he, he goes to my dad, and he says, um, she's telling me to tease you about um, a man in a little Bo Peep outfit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> full on with the, the bonnet and the staff and, you know, um, and all of a sudden, I look at my dad, and he just starts bawling, crying instantly. Oh, what and was I, that? And I'm and my my boyfriend who's there that they're meeting for the first time. Like my dad's like almost collapsing. He my he's like catching my father. My right, dad's right. like like almost collapsing, crying. So here, you know, <laughs> my skeptic boyfriend is going, oh my God, the skeptic dad is being affected by this, right? right and crying. Right. And, and so um, we were, so anyways, and me and my dad were having this kind of, uh, a lot of fighting during this time period with uh, my mom's death. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm just like, like, kind of at the time going like, what the hell dad, you know? And, um, um, and so it wasn't until afterwards, uh, the reading, I got to find out what that was about. And it was because, um, when my dad had, 
when my mom had died, he had gone to a park in which him and my mother used to go to all the time that's um, got a, it's right next to a river. And okay. he was walking next to this river um, and, you know, crying. And then he sat on a bench that's next to a river that him and my mother used to sit on. And he was had his hands down on his head crying. And then all of a sudden he felt an arm around him. And he looked up, and it was a man in a little Bo Peep outfit with the bonnet with a staff. Yeah, consoling him, but also kind of flirting with him, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. (laughs) So he never told anybody this ever. And um, so he knew that there's no way that um, John, you know, John could have known this if it wasn't, you know, my mother saying that she was there. And, um, and but, so that made, made my dad a believer because, um, and my mom knew she had to tell him something that he couldn't justify, right? That, you know, he couldn't guess that, oh, you know, he probably said something that, you know, could be similar to everybody. Yeah, and, that's yeah. awesome. What an awesome yeah. story. It was just yeah. him at the park and the little Bo Peep and yeah. John Edward saw it. That's pretty cool. And and how it transformed him so much was that, you know, like it was, it was her birthday. So he went and took her out to her favorite restaurant that night for her birthday. Oh. <laughs> and he took her to her favorite show and he had a seat next to him and he held her hand during the whole show. And Randy, that's so at, special. Isn't that? Yeah. And then at, afterwards, all of a sudden, I found out he's like sneaking off to scene where John Edward's going to be close to him again so he could try to have, you know, another connection. And he started experiencing things um, around the house that, you know, he wouldn't have ever probably experienced if he didn't have this new belief. So, like, for instance, my mom and dad had his and her sinks in their, you know, master bedroom. Yeah. And on her side, there was one of those, uh, you know, push push soaps, the bottle soaps that you push the yeah, 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 thing yeah. down and get the soap out. Well, on her side, all of a sudden, the soap started spewing out. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, pretty funny. Uh-huh. Like he only used his. I never even used that side, right? It just started spewing out when okay. he's there. Like, yep. Just you know, um, just um, musical like music boxes and stuff like that would start, you know, playing playing music. Yep. Yeah, without anything. So she started letting him know that she was around, and you know, he wasn't freaked out. He now, you know, and uh, and it was beautiful. So. Yeah, that goes to show you that, I mean, grief is always going to be hard because it is a physical process. But when you do have that belief or those signs, it can really make a difference. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was um, such a uh, beautiful gift. And also, I want to share that my mom was trying to utilize uh, John to... uh, uh, counsel me and my dad. So because we were having this kind of fight and falling out, she was like trying to bring us together, you know, through John. And wow. so that was really interesting as well. Wow. And so were you left <laughs> with the same, I'm, I'm assuming you were, the same wow factor and really feeling comforted? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you watch it and you believe it so much, but it's a whole different experience when you actually physically experience it and it's no question like right. that. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, <laughs> it's different when you see other people that you don't know have readings, but when you personally have it. Yeah. yeah. I mentioned in your bio that you said something about a near-death experience. Did you yourself have a near-death experience? Yeah. So in 2008, yeah. um, I was... Um, I was in Fiji and I was kind of assisting with the, uh, a program, um, that was a a wellness program that was on Tony's property, um, uh, on Savu Savu. And we had like a two week break, um, between events. So I went traveling by myself, uh, to the other islands. Uh-huh. And um, when I was uh, traveling, I went to um, uh, I went hiking. So at the hotel I was, you know, they had where you could uh, sign up for excursions. And so I and a few other people signed up for a hiking in the jungle there in the rainforest. And, um, so we went hiking in the rainforest and, and we were doing those kinds of things during the Uh day because we're going to do a night dive that night. And so, um, scuba dive, scuba diving. Yeah. Okay. Something else I didn't know about you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and so I, um, you know, he asked us if we wanted to go see this hermit that lived at the bottom of the hill. And we said, yes. And, you know, I don't remember any of this part, but they say he most likely shouldn't have brought us down because it was a really wet, narrow uh, trail. And then there was this log that was blocking it that he was helping us over. But we made it down there safely and saw the hermit and we were on our way back up and everybody else was way ahead of me. And then um, me and the, and then, and there was one guy way behind us and the guide was helping me over this log and him and I both fell. Okay. And I don't know why. Um, but, uh, and, and only the guide knows and I never saw him again. So I don't know what happened, but, um, I hit my head. Um, uh, I hit my head on a rock, um, on my way down and um yeah what the guy that was uh um there so the guy that was way behind he just saw the guide holding somebody's hand falling but he didn't know who it was right um by the time he came up so he went down climbed down there and um he then was there with me and um and why, like, everybody else went and got help. And what he experienced me was just kind of being um, gone for about a half an hour. And um, and then, then I came to and uh, was, you know, vomiting. And then I was like, uh, where am I? What happened? You right, know? right, right. And then, and, uh, and, and then he would tell me and then I would, you know, I would ask him the same question over and over and over again. Oh. <laughs> um, but what I experienced was, uh, yeah, crossing, like kind of just ending up in this other dimension um, with, and there was my mother and she was um, like, she looked, she didn't look how I saw her 
when she died. So when she died, she had gray hair. Um, she was 59 years old, um, but you know, she wasn't dying her hair, and her hair was gray. And um, and so she didn't look how she she looked when she I saw her last, but. She looked like when she was in her 30s, and um, but I, I didn't put it together. It was like my first response was just like, oh, my God, Mom, you're alive. All that was a bad dream. Like I thought everything else that had, had happened was all just a bad dream mm -hmm. and that this was real and that she was alive. Um, and, um, and then, you know, of course, um, I was – you know, told otherwise. Um, but of course it's not, it's not speaking. It's just kind of like, um, it, it's just a, like a downloading, right? It's right. just like a knowing it just comes into you. So it's, uh, hard to kind of just describe that, but, um, I was uh, told what, no, and what happened. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, it was kind of like in this beautiful, green grass um you know area and and kind of hilly and flowers all around and um i had all of my deceased animals around me too and i could like oh was, yeah yeah and it's like i could really feel them it was like you know i could feel my horse had um her head over my shoulder uh -huh. And it was like breathing, you know, on mm -hmm. my on my neck. And then um, I was uh, sitting, I was sitting on the ground, and I could feel the my cat just kind of rubbing its, you know, behind my legs, and um, my dogs, like you know, in in their heads in my lap. And it was just, um, yeah, it's pretty it was awesome. Like, it was so awesome. You're just like you know, surrounded by by this love. Then yeah. what happened? Well, um, I, you know, was kind of shown what I had been doing um, all of my life. Like, um, you know, how I was like stuck in this victim consciousness and how I was keeping myself stuck in this victim consciousness. And um, I was kind of uh, shown this, um, you know, this human suffering that happens and how it happens and then was being shown uh, what I had been taken through after my mom had died um, that I wasn't like totally getting, you know. What do you mean? Um, so meaning I, I knew I was being taken, I was taken through it, but I wasn't totally getting the whole, the whole why and all the pieces and how it was all fabricated together. And because of all of the, um, because of all of this human conditioning mm -hmm. that we receive, you know, that gets passed down from generation to generation. So like the whole tapestry got shown to me. So the, the what happens and how, and then what I was being guided and taken through once I crossed over, but I wasn't fully getting it. And so it all came into this, this knowing, you know, mm -hmm. so before we have intellectual experience or knowledge, but here it's just like a downloading of a, of a knowing right. and awareness. And, um, 
And so, um, yeah. So you got that, the big picture. I, I, I got the big picture. And, um, and anyways, you know, like I had already said, I wanted to, I always wanted to be, I didn't want to be here most of my life. Um, I, 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 I only felt like I want, I was only here to follow my mother. Right. And then when that, you know, when that whole feeling that she was going came, I was like, I don't want to be here. I want to go first. And then after everything happened, I, you know, really didn't want to be here and was at that existential suffering. And so, um, uh, and so, of course, when I was there, I wanted to stay there with my mother because I spent my whole life feeling like um, the world that I wanted to live in couldn't exist here on the earth and that could only that it only existed on the other side. And so that's why I longed to be on the other side. Mm. And so, you know, I was where exactly where I wanted to be and um, and very happy. It was you. It's as you've um, as you have um, as you know. Um, you know, from I think everything that everybody has shared with you, mm-hmm. and I think even from your own experiences, the amazing amount of love that you feel there. Right. Right. This this you know unexplainable amount of love, um, and joy and happiness, and so you don't want to leave that. Um, and you know, especially when you're then there with the ones that you love the most, and you never wanted to be separate from to right, begin with. Right, right, right. Yeah. But and you so, seem to wake back up on but planet Earth. I was, but I was told that I had to come back, that um, that I had to come back, and part of why I had to be taken over there actually was to put me put me in my body because I spent most of my life not wanting to be there, that I wasn't really fully being, really living. And it was like I was kind of waiting to be able to leave, you know? Right. Yep. And I was like in... And I was, I was kind of, people would a lot of times also experience me that I was, you know, kind of up in my head, you know, I just never like really integrated into the body. And so they, you know, so they were, you know, showing me all this and that I needed to fully, you know, be in my body Mm -hmm. and fully, um, you know, experience life, fully be and participate and, and, um, that I had to, yeah, share this message. And they were showing me that we could, the world that I was always longing for could exist and that we were moving into it right now. But, you know, I needed to do my part in sharing this to help us be, to move into that shift of consciousness that we are, you know, in this time period that is happening now. And I did, I came back different. I came back with a different knowing and I came back for the first time, like excited to live and knowing that I was a spiritual being having this human experience and, you know, what kind of human experiences do I want to have, have, have. And it was the first time I was, yeah, really, truly, you know, fully like living and excited, excited about living and what I wanted to experience versus like kind of just waiting till when I could go. And, um, um, and I got fully put into my body and it was the first time I experienced how much the body felt like um, I didn't know that the body felt so much because I, for the most part, was never in it. And so when I first got in the body, it felt like um, uh, 
I didn't know that it felt so much and it just felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> and right. it was like that for about two months um, of just feeling like, uh, wow, this body feels so much. <laughs> and, um, and then I feel like it integrated in like two months and I felt, you know, normal like everybody else. But, um, but the also thing I experienced when I came back was um, beyond that was that um, that love, that love that, we are, you know, that we get to experience when we're over there. Um, when it got tried to be put back into this container, mm -hmm. it couldn't contain it. And I really felt like I was going to implode. Like I felt like so much that, that there was so much love that I couldn't, it, it, it was just too much. And that in this body that I would implode. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, it was beautiful because it was felt like, you know, um, wherever I was, there was love. There was no longer that concept of needing love outside of myself and looking for love outside myself. Like wherever I was, it was there. That's pretty awesome. Um, it's pretty awesome. Right. Except for that. The fact that I was like, it was so much that I couldn't contain it, you know. And so I as time went on, I felt that kind of, you know, kind of um become less and less too. It started to, you know, I, I can't even begin to normal. imagine that feeling, Brandy. So <laughs> I'm listening to you. I'm like, oh, like love is wonderful. And I love those moments that I feel it, but just like too much, I'm going to explode. I can't handle it. I'm like, what? Anyway, so from that experience, obviously it's transformed your life because who you are now and what you're up to is some pretty big stuff. Um, and yeah. I know your book has just pretty recently come out within this past, what, year, year and a half, something like that? About a year ago. It was um, Valentine's Day uh, last year, 2015. Yeah, so a year, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the name of your book, remind us what the name of your book is. Heal Your Heart, Free Your Mind. Oh, you want to tell us a little bit about the book? Yeah, so, um, you know, the a book is um, really a about, um, you know, uh, healing, it's really about, uh, one, about how powerful our heart is um, and how it's really driving most of our life without our awareness. Um, and that, you know, most people, we give a lot of credit to the mind, right? There's a lot right. of focus on the mind Always. and the brain. And really, um, the real power is actually in the heart and that, that the heart is 5,000 times more powerful electromagnetically than the brain. And that it's actually really the heart that is delivering messages to the brain. So the, the heart is delivering far more messages to the brain than the brain is sending to the heart. And the heart is more sending messages to the brain that then the brain then re reacts and then sends these, you know, these chemicals into the body um, from what the heart sent. Interesting. You know? Yeah. So really our power is in our heart. So it's really, really, really important what our heart is processing through, right? So because that is what's determining what the, the what your um, heart is broadcasting out to the world. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that our hearts are always communicating with each other. So, um, uh, 
So it's kind of like, you know, we have, you know how like we have a wireless internet, yeah. you know, out there and all these things, or we have radio waves or TV waves yep. that are all around us yep. and they're crossing around us all the time, but we can't see them. Right. But if we have a receiver at their in- other end, we can hear them. We can hear the radio broadcast. We can get the TV broadcast, you know, and it's the same thing with our hearts. Our hearts have their own little, you know, I call it the human net and they're all communicating with e- each other and, and they are you know, uh, responding to each other. So have you ever had that experience where uh, you don't know anything about this person, but just there's something about them when you're around them, you just feel uncomfortable and you want to get away from them? Yep, or vice versa. Or somebody vice you versa. want to be close to, somebody you feel like you've known forever. Yes, exactly, that too. Um, and, or um, a lot of times people might experience this too, like when they're really close with somebody, um, especially like a, a significant other, that. Um, your heart's kind of get in sync and it's almost like you know what the person's thinking and they don't need to tell you, right? So that's coming through our heart? Our hearts. Our hearts are always communicating with each other and they're always broadcasting out to the world. And so it's really your heart that's broadcasting out to the world that the world is responding to. And so however our life is, the world is just responding to what our hearts are broadcasting out and, you know, a, a part of that is that uh, almost 50% of our personality is already created by the time we are born. So, so much of this stuff just gets passed down from generation to generation that we don't even realize that we have inside of us. So we have no cognitive memories of these things that we're programmed with. But really, you know, in in nature's um in its design and in its in its intelligence, what it does is it downloads massive of information from the mother into the child, so that the child is able to um, uh, survive in the environment in which it's about to be born into. Okay. So it has to download everything that the mother, um, everything that's in the mother's neural network, right? So everything that the mother has experienced, everything that the mother. Um, uh, has, uh, you know, um, that she has in her programming. Um, so it's not just what your mother eats, drinks, um, you know, that affects the development of the baby, but it's also whatever she goes through while you are in the womb that gets programmed and downloaded into you. But also everything that she knows about, um, the society conditioning, right, and the environment in which she lives and the environment she grew up in. All of that is getting programmed to the child so it can survive in the environment which it's about to be born into. And then also uh, we have these imprinting years from, you know, age of zero to seven that our mind is really kind of, um, it gets in our younger years, uh, it's in theta, which is basically a hypnagogic trance state till about the age of uh, three or four years old, um, the theta state still stays till around six or so, but it's dominant till about three or four, and your alpha brain doesn't start taking activity until around three or four, or whatever your earliest memory is, is a sign of when your alpha brain started taking activity. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. so that's normally around three or four. Do you remember your earliest memory? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. about what age do you think that was? It was about four. I got lost to <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> that's, that's and it's very, yeah, it's, and it's, normally it's very a traumatic event. Oh, yeah. Really remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but being in that theta 
uh-huh. age. Those, this is what I heard before. Uh, those images and messages that come through to you, you actually believe are reality. So it's the things that happen so early on that kind of become your truth, right? Exactly. These are called the imprinting years. And yeah. ju- your body, your mind is just downloading the information for future playback. So that's how the subconscious mind is, is designed. It's a recording playback mechanism. That's Plus, all it is. you're getting downloaded the 50% of your... It's yes. been passed on. So pretty much now, if you had a very empowering parents, then that's all good. But unfortunately, I think some of the baggage is passed down subconsciously that we don't even know. So Major- majority of it, you know, you know, unfortunately, most um, in our generations before us, most of our parents weren't grown up in this kind of age of personal development and, you know, right. being looking at it and processing and being honest about it. Right. We're they're programmed to, you know pretend everything's okay and don't talk about it and shove it down, right? So unfortunately, most of them didn't do their processing out. So for, you know, a lot of us got programmed with a lot of the stuff that they went through and the generations before them. Well, yeah, and I think when we're in it, nobody knows you can break free of it because you just think that's the way it is. And uh, Brandy, I'm looking at the clock. Time goes by so fast all the time. (laughs) I'm always, and I want to thank you, obviously, because we're not done yet, but I really do want to thank you for sharing your story about your parents and what happened, because that's that's all in your near-death experience. It's major wow, um, just to see your mom and even your animals. But I know part of your book, because I've downloaded it on Kindle, Mm -hmm. is you Uh have nine steps to break free from struggle in your relationships and all areas of your life. And obviously, we don't have too much time left. Can't go through all nine. But what I always love is if um, our guests could empower both myself, yourself, and the listener, that there's something that we could maybe do today or learn today that can help us in our life now. So is there any one of those steps that you might be able to share with us or just something that you feel called to share that um, might make a difference for one of us that's been stuck in a pattern or just stuck. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, we talked about that um, our heart is broadcasting all this stuff out and the world is just responding to it. So however our life is right now is a printout of what our heart is broadcasting out. And so that is like a first sign for you to see what your heart's broadcasting out because the problem is that, you know, um, we don't know all the stuff that happened 50%, you know, by the time we're born, these imprinting years we have no knowledge of. There's a large part of us that is broadcasting out that we have no cognitive memories of. So those are the most difficult to, you know, break free of and get past Right, are those things. And so if we have like these, you know, patterns that keep showing up in our life over and over again, you know, and no matter what we do, we can't seem to get past them. Right. This is the stuff that we need to get out of our energetic being. And so um, the, you know, the, the first way to be able to see what you're broadcasting out is one, to take a look at how your life is. Um, but two, a way to keep um, kind of clearing it is, um, to get out of the blame game. So whenever something comes up and you get like a charge, mm-hmm. you know, or emotion around it, don't don't think the problem's in the other person, but recognize that they're just mirroring something that you're broadcasting out. And whatever it's making you feel is an indicator of what this 
what it is that is, you know, programmed in your neural network that you're broadcasting out. Um, and then if when we take steps to, okay, you know, um, uh, take responsibility for that and find out what it is that that is mirroring in us that still needs to be, you know, acknowledged and healed and moved out and then take the steps to do that. Um, of course, is which, which is all of what my book does and all of which my program does, um, uh, my, my eight-day retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, then we can no longer, we can be free of that. We no longer will have that kind of same experience that we've been having. So, Can you give us that- a tool that we can use without... Uh, and, and I do suggest everybody read Brandy's book, but is there anything you can give us now just to empower us today if we've got some kind of a, maybe a reaction to something or like a negative habit or something that we just can't shake? So when something um, is, sh- is showing up that you're having this charge, I recommend that you take some time to yourself out and you know there's many ways you can do it you what you need to do is you need to bypass your mind and we need to get some indi- we need to get some support um, beyond your mind of uh, you know where this comes from so if you believe in um, you know a God or anything like that universe if you kind of pray to that angels if you believe in angels kind of pray to angels and say hey let me show me where this is coming from and let me fully feel and experience it I don't want to hide it I don't want to shove it down I don't want to pretend it's not there anymore I want to be free of it so let me show me where it's totally coming from and let me fully feel and experience it so that I can be free of it and and so that's it's a different way of being because most of us have been conditioned to just pray to God and please take this away from me. Yeah. Right. But the only way out is through. You know, they, I said the only way out of suffering is through suffering, but not in, not in this long, you know, t- you know, hard way. It's it's super quick when we actually embrace and say, hey, let me fully feel it and experience it. And you get taken through it and then it gets out of your energetic being because everything's energy and it's just energy stored in your energetic being. And if it gets to process it, it moves out because energy is designed to move. So, um, and it's the mind that keeps it stuck because the mind is designed to avoid pain and gain pleasure. So it's always trying to distract you and shove it back down. And that's why, you know, people get stuck with this stuff because they spend most of their life just distracting themselves. So the first step is to you know fully face it and stop distracting yourself from that, that's like brilliant <laughs> I never thought you I mean I, I didn't know what you were going to say truthfully but I know from past everything like what you mm-hmm. resist persists yep. even people who are grieving you know you try to distract yourself so you won't feel it but when you actually feel it and you live through whatever comes up it can pass through yeah but never ever 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 have I heard when something comes up, because I, I do know, like, our mind wants to take over, make yeah. other people wrong, make us wrong. I mean, it just never shuts up. But yeah. what you're saying is bypass the mind if you can divert it and pray or even meditate or something with the intention to show me where this is coming from. Let me feel it fully 
And then that way it, you can be free from it. I think that's awesome. Yes. Thank you for that. You're really welcome. That's really huge. Welcome. That Another way huge. that if you're not comfortable with that, it's really good to do writing, like to, you know, uh, write down what it is and ask, ask it in writing, you know, and sometimes you can bypass the conscious mind and it kind of, you know, really gets into the subconscious mind and, and like truth can come out that you'll go, wow, where is this coming from? You know, so writing is a good way to, to get the answers. That's really cool. Brandy, you're awesome. Oh, yeah, you know, there's always some gem or, you know, or what we're doing is we actually are listening in for and digging in for like some bit of gold. And I know you've shared a lot of really great things, but um, you may know this and my listeners certainly know this. It's just like, but as great as it is to believe in life after death, which is awesome, nothing is better, I don't think to believe your loved ones are still around and we go on and stuff. But it's like, well, then what is life for and how to live the most empowering life? And by everything you're up to, I mean, that's what you're out to do, whether it's the things you've done with Tony Robbins or now your own courses and your own book to share with people really to have the best life possible. Absolutely. That's what I want more than ever for anyway, because I know how I used to feel and then I know how I feel now and I know how much better it is. And I don't want anybody to feel what I used to feel because that was hell. And so I'd like to help people get that same freedom that yeah. I now have. It's really good. Really good. Do you have any? I'm just excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling much better, even though I'm still sniffling. Do you have any closing words or if you want to share what your websites are? I know I shared them in the beginning or how people can get in touch with you and find out more about you, your book, your programs. Yeah. Well, um, the, the title, my uh, website is jumptoabetterlife.com and my uh, where they could easily find my book is Brandy's Book dot com and um i also if people just want to check it out on my website jump to a better life um dot com uh they can get you know um three chapters for free and they can check it out and see if that interests them um and um you know that would yeah, that, 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 that's just a gift. Yeah. And, and like to check it out. For our listener, too, when you go to com and you click on episode 80, which is Brandy Faith Weld, I'll have her biography plus a link to her book and her website just to make it a little bit easier in case you didn't pull out a pen and write it down just now. Well, I, I want to thank you, Brandy, for being on the show today. Uh, I want to thank our listener for taking your valuable time and being here. And also, you know, something Brandy had said to me, said to us, actually, uh, towards the beginning, when she really got that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So she asked the question, what kind of human experience do you want to have and go live it? So I think that's some pretty valuable words to leave us with today. And in closing, I just, again, want to thank our guest, Brandy Faithweld. You are a listener for being here. And this is Sandra Champlain. I have been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe with all my heart that our lives are an education for our souls and that our lives here on earth truly are important. So again, thank you for listening and have a great day. <music>